listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Welcome to Wake Up and Read the Labels podcast. I'm excited to be joined today by an amazing boss lady herself. Her name is Jennifer Fisher. We're going to talk about a lot of probably products that you guys are thinking are healthy or think that they may make you feel good, but we're going to debunk those beliefs. However, you got to be your own kind of self-advocate, do what works for you. Here's what works for us. She designs brass and custom fine jewelry in New York City. She's also known for her cult following on social media at Jennifer Fisher Kitchen. And her and I both share a passion for cooking. So welcome, Jennifer. So glad to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Jen. We've been buddies since COVID. We are COVID buddies. Do you remember that? We are COVID buddies. Yeah, we are COVID friends. We found each other during COVID when I started to eat better Someone recommended you to me and I was like, oh, this is my girl. This is my kindred spirit. You taught me so much in the beginning too. You're so kind. Thank you. I remember, I, I will, now that you're bringing this up, I'm like, how did we meet? I remember you- we met on Instagram. Yeah. You had probably around 20,000 followers and I think you tagged me. You're like, oh, I'm learning some things from Wake Up and Read the Labels. And I think I had a thousand or 2000 followers. It was not many. And so I had always thought, oh my gosh, anybody with over, you know, 10,000 followers with the swipe up feature, remember that? Yeah. I was like, they don't respond to messages. They don't talk to people. And so you tagged me and I just thought that person's never going to talk to me. And then some other girl messaged me like, Jennifer Fisher tagged you. You need to talk to her. And I'm like, what? She'll talk to me? So yeah, then we talked and then we met. We met. I met you and your husband, amazing Kevin, during COVID. And I think it was one of those moments where it's like, do we hug because it's COVID? But wait, do Oh, yeah. We had drinks. We had drinks at Morandi, right? It was right when um, COVID was ending. Yes. We met for cocktails and you guys came to the city that one time. Yeah. And you brought over your sulfite drops for the wine. I did when I was on the wine. Now I'm on champagne, but we can talk about that. I was getting horrible yeah. reflux from the wine, so I had to chill on the wine. But I'm with you. Let's go. Because you know, I think so many people are so excited for us to talk. I mean, this is your podcast, so ask me questions. But I'm excited to get into it about how we eat and how similar we are and how we're teaching our followers to read the labels. Read the labels. Okay. So tell us about your gut health journey. Like what got you here? Why are you eating this way? What happened? So let's see, I turned, I was opening my LA store and it was like right during COVID when we were, we were becoming friends and you know, you had to, you had to quarantine for 10 days. And so I had to quarantine in LA for 10 days. And so I bought a bunch of books and I bought one of the books and I say this all the time. I'm like one of Will Cole's like buddies and fans. And I read Ketotarian and it was an easy read and it sort of instantly woke me up because I thought during COVID I was, you know, I was one of those that has Hashimoto's and I thought by eating all these gluten-free products, I was being healthy and I was doing the right thing for my body and I was drinking tons of my sparkling water and I was being so healthy and I was doing all of these things. And little did I know, um, you know, after reading that book, it kind of woke me up that, you know, you need to stop you need to really just focus on whole foods. 
And so I really, and then sort of that com- combined with knowing you and wanting to read more labels and, and learn more, I really started my own personalized health journey because I, you know, I spent so much money over the years on nutritionists and programs I mean, that was like yo-yoed me more and more. And I really just kind of woke up after reading that book and decided that I'm going to cut dairy, gluten, and then also read everything that's in everything that I'm consuming. And I was kind of amazed when I was would turn things over and just, you couldn't pronounce half the things that were in it. And, and on the front of it, it says organic, gluten-free, blah, 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 all those things. And you think you're being healthy when it's just marketing. And on the back of it, it's just filled with garbage, just like conventional grocery store items. So it's really when I took the, the leap to be like, I'm going to stop eating gums, anything, you know, no, no gums, nothing I can't pronounce, no cane sugar, no seed oils, you know, pretty much cutting everything out and just focusing on cooking, you know, simple pieces of fish, simple protein, vegetables, eating as much color as I can, and really just cleaning out my entire house. You know, I didn't realize that everything that I loved condiment wise, snack wise, anything I was eating was filled with, you know, war gum, you know, xanthan gum, soybean oil, safflower oil, you know, everything that I thought, you know, I was being healthy eating, I was not. And I, you know, I've just kind of been trying to share that with everybody, similar to the way that you are. Yeah. I mean, don't you think for a lot of people, like you had to do it yourself. You've worked with Dr. Will Cole, right? And people can work with me and I've worked with functional medicine doctors as well, but like, this is up to you. Yep. You can have so many tools that can educate you and further assist you and give you answers, but like it really boils down to you at the grocery store, looking at the shelves, you have to read the labels yourself. You have to understand what you're looking for, what you're not. And you also have to understand like how often can you have a gum or how many preservatives can you let slide? Like how do you react to dairy? Because like you said, you start turning over these labels and you're reading it and you're like, yeah, this, this is making me feel like crap. I can't do this anymore. And so for a lot of people out there, they might be, you know, buying the extra virgin olive oil dressing, (laughs) but they're using the creamer in the morning with all the gums. And they're like, but that's what you're doing is not working for me, Jennifer Fisher. And it's like, no, you need, you need to be like all in here. You need to give this a go and see how you feel. So once you did figure all these things out, like how soon did you notice a difference and what did you notice? It's immediate. It was immediate. I, the inflammation. I mean, well, for me being in my, you know, I, I just turned 50 at that point and turning 50 with the brain fog and the fatigue, you know, that was really one of the reasons too, that jump started me to doing this is because I felt like crap. I felt horrible. I was tired all the time. I was always swollen. I couldn't figure it out. Why, why was I always puffy? Why would, why is my stomach always distended? Why was I always just tired and foggy? And it was the food. I mean, it was honestly, Jen, within three days when I stopped eating all of the things that I was consuming and and just cleaning things out. It was like instant, the change of how I felt. You know, yeah, listen, when I was doing it in the beginning, I was also testing. So this is one other thing that I say to people all the time, because they're like, well, I don't like that brand of, you know, that one cheese has this in it, that dairy-free cheese or this, I don't like the flavor of this or the smell of that. And I, like I always say, what's going to work for me doesn't work for you. Like my favorite dairy-free cheese has potato starch in it. I say it all the time. Like, okay, yeah, I eat potato starch because that's in my cheese and I I like that cheese. Sorry. Yeah. So that's sort of one of the concessions that I make. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. It's just one of those things. So some people are like, well, you're so clean, but then you're so not clean and you drink alcohol. And it's one of those things where you can't, this is not a diet. I am not preaching a diet. I am preaching a lifestyle and my lifestyle is not your lifestyle. So 
You might not drink alcohol. I drink alcohol. That's a choice I make. Yes. Does that make you inflamed? Yes. But I choose to live my life that way. But then they're like, well, why can't I eat that hot sauce with the gum in it? You can. Yeah. No one's saying that you can't do these things, but just eat without them for a while and see how you feel. And you're going to probably want to go search that aisle for another hot sauce or, you know, another creamer. Yeah, for sure. And it's about lessening. So lessening this overload of gums and lessening this overload of preservatives and like really sticking to the staples, the oils, the flowers and the sweeteners. Like if you got those right, odds are those products aren't going to have the crappy ingredients. And so it's all about elimination. And so what I tell a lot of people when they come to us, it's like, listen, they'll go, oh my gosh, but like you said, the hot sauce has a gum in it. And I said, yeah, but now you're not eating canola oil and you're not eating refined sugars and you're not eating dairy. And so like you can allow your body to have these things every so often. It's it's really what you're doing consistently. So for a lot of people, let's pretend they're eating 100 inflammatory ingredients in a day. That's right. Even if you're eating like three meals a day, two coffees, maybe one snack, you're probably eating 100 ingredients 50 of those probably are ones either your body doesn't recognize or it permits inflammation. So once you start figuring out the food industry, which I do want to kind of touch base on, is like, why the F is the food industry even doing this to us? But once you figure it out, then you're like, oh, wait, okay. So now I'm only eating 50 ingredients for the day. And maybe four of those are, you know, not the best or could potentially promote inflammation. Like your body, if you're exercising and you're or doing practices that help eliminate these toxins, like you can still move forward in your progress with your health and your physical being, your emotional being, all these things. So tell me, why do you think we go to the grocery store and every product sucks? Well, it's, I mean, it's marketing, it's cheap. The problem is, is I just think in America, we're, we're just, we're taught incorrectly as children how to eat. Yes. It's one of those things that I was taught wrong. I was served fruit cocktail, Wonder Bread and American cheese and Catalina salad dressing on cottage cheese when I was a kid and it tastes great, but was it good for me? No. Yeah. It's funny, you know, and as you, as I grow and you think you're being healthy and you listen to all of these things that are out there and by consuming packaged foods that might have less and you think you're, you know, you're eating healthy, you know, and then you get to a certain phase and it's like, it's so funny. I, I'll look at people, they, they, they'll tag a beautiful salad that I made. And then they're like, I didn't have time to make the dressing. And then they show like a packaged salad dressing that's packaged is like a beautiful organic, fresh in the refrigerator aisle dressing. I'm like the first ingredient is safflower oil. Like, yeah, uh, don't don't ruin it with that. Like, totally, ah, you just, just just use lemon and olive oil. Like, yeah, ah. go eat go eat a Big Mac <laughs> at that point. It will be the same thing. Kills me, Jen. So I just you know it's marketing, it's marketing, and it's cheap food. It's just the key is to eat less things that come out of packages. Yeah, for sure. Some people, by the way, you have your beautiful Jennifer Fisher mug and I have, I'm renting a um, condo. So I don't even know what I have. Actually, the condo I'm renting, the guy, he's a butt doctor and he has these hilarious. Oh, butt doctor in what way? Like a proctologist? Yeah, exactly. He has some hilarious mugs with some really funny stuff about hemorrhoids. What does your mug say? Well, this one, I don't even know what this is. This is just parrot. Hemorrhoids are real. I got those after I had my kids. People, we could talk about hemorrhoids all day long. Those are real. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I shot a couple of kids. And you, it's not embarrassing to talk about those things anymore. Right? There's one, it's a pug and he's like dragging his butt and it says dragging <laughs> across the whole mug. And my husband gave it to me the first morning. I'm like, that's cute. Hmm. But back to the food labels in that, <laughs> I forgot what I was talking about because <laughs> you had a butts. cute mug. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, there's, you know, people listening, there's a lot of people, a lot of women struggle with IBS. Like they literally don't go in public. They stay at home or they run one quick errand because they're so concerned about where they're going to use the bathroom. I'm like, how do you live life like that? There's another lady. She's an actual... Oh, I could tell you a story about that. Yeah, she's an actual doctor. And she goes and sees patients in between every single patient she runs to the restroom. Like, how do you live your life? What's your story? Well, this went to a different direction. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, but we were talking real quick. We were talking about food labels and why the food industry is like it. Oh, you said you were taught the wrong way. So my followers messaged me and they're like, I feel like I'm going to give my kid an eating disorder if I focus on the ingredients. And I think, you know, I might, I might create this false sense of like how food's supposed to be. And my, my kind of reaction is, Hey, if you don't teach your kid, this society is going to teach them. It's going to be the wrong way. So it's actually your responsibility to teach them the right way. It is. But listen, you know, I'm going to be totally honest here. I've got two teenagers and I, my kids eat goldfish and Oreos and garbage because they're going to, you know, I let them eat whatever they want. I try to keep, you know, my baked cookies in the house and things like that, that are healthy and my banana bread and all of those things. And, you know, they're going to go out at a certain age, you know, you can teach them when they're younger to eat as much color as you can. And I always tell people all the time to roast vegetables and my salt and olive oil and things like that. That's how I got my kids to eat vegetables. And all of those tips. But at the end of the day, they're going to leave your house and they're going to go to their friends' houses and their friends have all of that. All of that and they're going to go, you know, to the, to the wherever and buy candy and all of that kind of stuff. So I think there's a fine line, say you're going to give your kids an eating disorder where I, I let my kids eat whatever they want. I try to teach my children to make smarter choices. So my kids don't drink soda mm-hmm. really because we never kept soda in the house. And I always just say, drink water, you know, and sometimes I say, well, I have a headache. Well, you need more water. You know, try to not, my kids don't eat a lot of candy just because I always just said, you know, how do you feel after you eat that? You know, when they get, when they're old enough, you know, the younger, they just get hyper and they're running around the house. But when they're older and they can actually gauge how they feel after they consume something, that to me is a much more important learning lesson than trying to restrict food for kids. I think you've done a much better job because your kids are younger and teaching them as they grow to eat the right pancake mix, the right cookie mix, things like that. I watch you do that. And I think that you do a great job at that. My kids were older already. So it was harder. Yeah. You know, my daughter would be like, what is that pancake mix? I'm not eating that almond flour. No, no way. (laughs) You know, so I think it's great if you can start earlier. Yeah. I wish I had the opportunity. I wasn't educated enough to do that, but I have taught my kids now that they're a little bit older, you know, how do you feel when you, you know, eat that Chick-fil-A versus that Chipotle bowl or, you know, where they're out, you know, one's going to college. So it's like, they're going to eat whatever they're going to want when they're out of the house. But the key I think is to try to teach them eat more color, eat less that comes out of packages, have a piece of fruit. I keep, keep cut up vegetables and fruit in my fridge all the time just for them. But you know, there's only so much you can do. And I I don't think it's about giving your kids an eating disorder and being like, you can't eat that unless, you know, I, I think there's a fine line and restriction when it comes to children. I feel pretty strongly about that, that you kind of have to let them go and do whatever they're going to do. Because if you restrict them too much, I had kids that used to come to my house when my kids were younger and their parents wouldn't let them eat anything. So they would go nuts at our house and binge. So I think you have to be really careful when it comes to kids and dieting and things like that. It's, I, that's a fine line for me. I, I, that, that I have some strong rules about. I agree. I just think awareness is everything. Like if, totally. if they're if they're around it, they'll they'll practice it when they need to. But yeah, my kids are 
definitely in line at all the sporting events for the ring pops, the power aid, the Doritos, and then, you know, yeah, whatever. But. Yeah, they are definitely aware that, oh, my tummy hurts now, or I'm having to sit, right. sit on the toilet. I'm like, oh, yeah, ca- cause and effect. There's that correlation. Okay. So a lot of people are choosing, I they go to their doctor and the doctor tells them, you know, hey, go gluten free, go dairy free. And then they go to the grocery store and they're looking at like 1,000 dairy free yogurts because even the dairy companies are starting to make dairy free because there's a market for it. And same goes for gluten free. So how did you do this successfully? I know that you said you read the labels, but like maybe let's dive into what is your favorite dairy free creamer? What is your favorite bread? Do you eat oatmeal? We're going there. Oh, we can go into that. We, 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 we're going to talk about oats, natural flavors, citric acid. We're going to talk about all of them. <laughs> this is like FAQs inside of our DMs. Totally, because it's totally, it's all the FAQs. So for me, my favorite dairy-free yogurt, if I'm subbing for a sour cream, is Kalina. Yep. I know there's a gar in that, but I like Coco June as well. My favorite creamer, I don't use a creamer. I use Three Trees Almond Milk. I love it. I'll use milk if I need to, but Three Trees hands down is my favorite. My favorite bread is AWG Bakery, which is a very small bakery out of San Diego, where you are. I think she's in San Diego. Yeah. She makes these rounds that are like, guys, the best substitute for a pizza ever. You can order it online. You can order it online. So they're everyday rounds. They're amazing. They also make breads. I love her rosemary loaf and her everything loaf. And I I use my electric knife and I slice it into little slices and put it in the freezer. And I always have toast. The best tortillas are coyotes. They're amazing. They're cassava flour. I'm pronouncing that wrong and completely hacking that. Stellar Eats also makes an amazing pizza crust that you can bake at home if you want like more mm-hmm. of a home-style pizza. And they have really good biscuit and scone mixes and other clean things. God, I can go on and on. I can like give you like a full list. I don't want to give away like everything, but it's- I can. Give it away. My favorite potato chips are bolder potato chips, but you have to read the labels because some of them have gar- have stuff in it. You know, only the avocado oil or the- Olive oil. I made the mistake of grabbing the salt and pepper once, or and once with a black pepper, and it has soy. It has yeah, a, with the cane sugar. It has cane sugar, and then I, another thing. So I don't eat agave or stevia, also. So you have to be really careful. I love the Siete round chips, and their hard taco shells better than their regular tortilla chips. I think the flavor is better personally. Have you heard of um, BTR? I think the BTR bars. Mm-hmm. There's certain Luna bars that I'll eat too. I really don't eat bars anymore. I used to be in that, I was in that 90s diet culture. Before I was a jewelry designer, I was a wardrobe stylist and I'd be on set all the time. And I thought I was being healthy by eating bars constantly. They're filled with complete crap. And that's another thing. And a lot of the yeah. questions that I get from people are like, you know, how are you counting calories? Are you counting macros? And I'm like, guys, you have to get out of that. That is so toxic. Like, and I know it's from a certain generation of people that were either taught how to be keto or taught how to diet and how to limit your calories based off of how much you're exercising. And I think the biggest freedom in all of this is not counting any calories whatsoever and just eating whole foods. So if you're eating a piece of fish or you're eating a piece of chicken or steak or eggs or whatever it is your protein for the day or that meal is, if you're eating that, it doesn't come out of a package that's pre-marinated and a bunch of crap too. That's another thing. People are like, oh, well, I bought this teriyaki soy glaze. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's filled with garbage. Like you have to make sure that like you're not buying like the Costco chicken that's injected with stuff. Like you've got to make sure that you're all of the proteins that you're getting also can't be pre-marinated or 
You know, you think you're grabbing things a lot of the times off the shelves. And that, I think it, the key is to slow down because people, you go to the grocery store and you think you're being healthy. Like I, I there's one point I remember I grabbed a, a grain-free cauliflower breadcrumb. And I just, I, I grabbed it and I was using it in a recipe and I didn't even realize that I didn't read the back of the label and it had uh, safflower oil and sugar in it. So you just have to really slow down. First of all, clean everything out of your pantry and your refrigerator yeah. and start over. Take time whenever you have a moment. I know we're all really busy, but slowly rebuild what you have in your condiments. Oh, Jeff's Garden is another amazing pickled you know, pepperoncinis, cherry peppers, things like that. I love those. Jeff's Garden is incredible. I also do a lot of Primal Kitchen, as I'm sure you do. You know, their sauces are really, really good. But the key, I think, is also just, you know, also cleaning out your oils. No peanut. No, I don't do walnut oil. I'm sure you do. I, I can't. I'm allergic to walnuts. But no corn oil, uh, no soybean oil, no uh, grapeseed oil. I don't even do. Do you do grapeseed oil? No, absolutely not. Yeah. A lot of restaurants do that. They're like, it's vegan, it's grapeseed oil. But yeah, I think for as long as we can remember, no one has revolutionized the way you grocery shop. Right. If anything, you're just going to the grocery and you're doing the same thing. Like the only thing that's really revolutionized it is pickup, grocery pickup. And so actually that gives all of you listeners an advantage because you can actually take time at your computer and read the ingredients and choose whether or not you want to get it. But I think I read this stat once. It's or, a great tip. Yeah. I read this article. It was like in the 1990s, there was 10,000 grocery items. And now 30 years later, we are at 50,000 plus grocery items. And so the consumer confusion is really real. It's real. And it's kind of mind boggling that, you know, we're just going through the grocery aisle and we're reading the front of the package. That's all you see is like what's not in it instead of what's in it. Like I know I love um, Lovebird cereal because he puts oh, his- Oh, it's good. Yeah, he puts his ingredients on the front. And so he's being very transparent, but also when you're reading, say the other cereals, right? Like Cheerios, it says heart healthy, or it says lowers your cholesterol. It also says- Whole grain oats. Yeah. No artificial dyes. It's like, but it's not saying that it has inflammatory oils in it and that it has glyphosate sprayed on its, on its grain. So it's just- We've truly lost where our food is coming from. And it is because we live in this high-paced world. We're all busy. No one's paying attention to it. The food industry is definitely marketing itself and benefiting from it. And so hopefully the conversation that Jennifer and I are having today will help kind of just shake you and say, hey, listen, you got to wake up. You have to go read your labels. You have to just take, like you said, macro counting and calorie counting. I hear you. And they're worried about fat. And the reason- Oh, that's another thing. Oh, the God. reason they're worried about it, and it's it's not your fault that you're worried about it, but the reason you are is because you are consuming a lot of food all day. Like you do need snacks. You do need to sweeten your coffee because it tastes really bad because it has mitotoxins in it and things like that. But once you just kind of take a free fall, believe in it, go all in, the number one thing people report, and you probably can agree with, like, I know you intermittent fast, I do too, because we're not hungry. Our food keeps us full. This highly nutritious might be a little more expensive, but guess what? You're not going to the doctor and you're not eating as much. So you don't have to watch your macros and your calories because you're literally eating less food, higher quality. 
But can we talk about emotional eating? Because that's what I'm finding with a lot of my followers is that they're stuck in this rut also of emotional eating and snacking, which that's not something that I cover. I don't, you know. That's like therapy. That's therapy. Totally. And I deal with that every day of people. Well, how do you know when to snack and when not to snack? Well, yeah. I only snack when I'm hungry. Yeah. So are you bored? Yeah. Are you upset about something or are you actually hungry? Yeah. Like, you know, it's 1230 right now. We're on this. I'm not even close to being hungry yet today. And I, I had, yes, I had two cups of coffee, which I know is not great, but I, I do. That's how I live my life. But I'm not hungry yet, which is interesting. And some days I am. Some days at 11 a.m. I'm starving and I need to eat. So then I eat. Mm-hmm. I think it's just one of the, we've, everyone's been, you know, educated just incorrectly on how, how to choose how to like feed, how to nourish your body. Yep. It's so sad, actually, that so many people are stuck in this. But also like also another thing, and I'm sure you get this from a lot of your people too. And I get this every day too of, of, well, I'm doing it, but I just can't change that. And I just can't. And I love my Dave's killer bread. Oh yeah. Or I love, it's so healthy. It has so many, it's whole grains. It has all of this stuff in it. Or I love my, you know, I'm just going to do my creamer and it's just not, it's just one little thing. It's not going to, and I get it. Yeah. That you have to, you have to tailor it for yourself, but isn't it, it's just so much easier just to try something new. I think a lot of people really don't, you know, they're like, oh, doesn't your coffee taste terrible because you only use three trees almond milk? No, because I put cinnamon in it and I actually put my collagen in it too. And it tastes great to me and I'm used to it. Yeah. I think it's people are really stubborn. Oh. And people also just don't want to do the work. Fear change as well. Yeah. It's weird. Absolutely. I don't associate with that, but I I understand that it's a real thing. I just, I don't have that. And I feel bad for people that do, and I want to help them. I know. Yeah, it's hard. Just got to do a little bit of work. That's all. It is easy work, but it's hard work. It's like a mindset change is what it is. It's a total mindset change. Because you're doing the same thing. You're pouring creamer in your coffee. You're eating salad. You're eating meat. You're dipping your, you know, fries and ketchup. It's the same thing. It's a mindset. Well, you get used to it. And in the beginning, sometimes it does. <laughs> then you go find another one. Like if you don't like it sweetened by dates, then like pour some coconut sugar. And they're like, well, it's so wasteful. I'm like, well, give it to your friend. Your friend might not yeah. think that's like shit. I do. You know what I mean? Like, Same I, thing. That's how I got to where I am. I, yes, you spend a lot going through, you know, I and going to Trader Joe's and going to wherever you're shopping to try to find the right things. And yeah, it takes about three grocery stores to find all of your things. You know, there's a certain shape pasta I like. Yeah. So I go to this one place. Those are the choices you have to make for yourself and your body. No one's telling you that you have to do it. And there are simpler ways to do it. And it doesn't have to cost as much, but you're just tailoring it to what, you know, what you really want and need. Right. Can we talk about one thing? What? Sparkling water. Hmm. So what do you tell people? Because I want to hear what you tell people. Okay. So they'll be like, oh my gosh, I eat clean and I drink sparkling water. Are you telling me it's bad? And I just immediately write back, do you feel bloated? And if they say no, I say, keep drinking your sparkling water. Like, right. It's you, right? But a lot of times, and this goes for people like saying they don't want to change their coffee creamer or they don't want to change their dressing, whatever it may be. It's like, listen, you're probably interested in this lifestyle and you're probably reaching out because you don't feel optimal. And if you're consistently drinking this sparkling water or using this coffee creamer or whatever it may be, the X product that you're consuming consistently, well, guess what? There's a correlation. The sparkling water, I. but the main thing is like, hey, sparkling water has bubbles and it puts bubbles 
bubbles in your belly. And if you're doing it consistently, like people are drinking it like it's water, Mm -hmm. then you are going to feel bloated. If you choose to drink sparkling water, I know Waterloo and Spindrift don't have the crazy chemicals, PFAS, which you don't want. Or yes, you can use your soda stream at home. But like all in all, if you feel good and you're drinking clean sparkling water without the PFAS, by all means, like have at it, have a party, drink it every day. But if you feel like crap, then in your drinking sparkling water, I highly recommend you like figure out a way to swap that habit out. Yeah. So I immediately felt better when I stopped drinking sparkling water because I was drinking the sparkling water that had the natural flavors in it. Yeah. And people don't realize that natural flavors are good for you. Can do all kinds of things. Like, well, what do you mean? There's like nothing in it. There's natural flavors. And like it can be all kinds of things. Like you don't even know what natural flavors can be. It can be a million different things. Then people say to me, well, but you drink champagne. I'm like, well, yeah, I do. I feel great when I drink champagne. But I'm not also not drinking. I'm not chugging yeah. six cans of champagne. I'm drinking like one or two glasses. And yeah, there are there is carbonation in it, but it's also more subtle than that's a whole other thing. But that's it's just yeah. the questions. You know, I'm sure you get all kinds of things like that all day long. Same thing. What else you got? The citric acid. Yeah. What about it? What about it? So I, what I tell, I just, it's in most canned things and it's hard to find it without it. Yeah. What do you tell people about the citric acid? That's what I'm curious. Okay. So what I would say is citric acid generally is at the bottom of the ingredient list. So if you're reading your labels, you're probably going to find citric acid in canned goods or your red sauce. Like do, first of all, if you're looking at red sauce or salsa, can you find one without it? If you can, that's your option. Mm -hmm. If you can't, it's a little bit of citric acid and it's not like, it's not like sunflower oil. Like it's not going to be a complete gut disruptor. It's not really going to do anything. Now, if you're eating all clean and you have that little bit of citric acid and you notice some symptom comes back, maybe you have a headache, maybe you're bloated, maybe you run to the bathroom, Mm -hmm. something like that, then that's your body's indication that citric acid doesn't work for you. But again, we're all busy. Nobody's like stomping on their tomatoes making their red sauce by hand. And so (laughs) that little bit of citric acid is going to kill you. You need to worry more about the other preservatives, the flowers, the gums, the fillers, the emulsifiers, the oils, the wrong sweeteners. Like those are the things that promote inflammation. You're not eating a ton of citric acid across the board all day. So let it go. That's what I say to people too. They're like, well, they're so strict about that's what you do. But that's what like, there's certain things like, you know, Canned artichokes. I used this as an example the other day. Canned artichokes, a lot of them have, you know, citric yep. acid and I love roasting them. So I, Trader Joe's has a great alternative. They have frozen artichokes and there's only, the only ingredient is artichokes. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it takes a little bit more. And if you really want to eliminate more of those things out of your diet, just, it just, it takes time and I know it's work, but, it, and like I said, you, my vegetable isn't going to be your vegetable and my choice isn't going to be your choice. So it's those things that you really, really want to keep in your diet. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you eat beans? You eat, be- you eat beans, don't you? Do I eat beans? No way. No. Oh. I do not eat any beans, any oh. legumes, any oats. Like, oh, then you're just like me. You and I are, we're like 99.9% eating the same thing. Oh, so we're completely on the same page because people give me yeah. massive. I, I get so much crap about the bean thing. So I had to explain about, I had to explain, listen, if you're going to eat the beans, eat the ones that are like, that are that you soak yourself or are in yep. the glass jars that are soaked, not the ones that come in a can. Yep. People are addicted to beans, man. Beans is like oh, yeah. crack for people. 
It's insane that that in the matter. Beans and oats and oats. People get, oh, people get so pissed about oats. It's defensive to them. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? I always say- People are emotional about oats. Yes. I say, look, if it's mainstream, (laughs) they're emotional about oats. They are. If it's mainstream, you need to like take three steps back and go, wait a second. Why, why is every bar- now have oats. Like oat, oat milk is in every coffee shop. There's oat bars everywhere. And it's because it's a cheap filler. Like it actually makes the bar bigger. It's very cheap. And most oats are sprayed with an herbicide that's hijacking your health. Then again, it's like, hey, take that free fall. Trust us. If you eliminate oats, you will feel better. I'm not saying, I'm not here to argue that it doesn't have any health benefits because it does have a health profile. However, the, not the risk, but like how you feel eating oats is just, it's not good. I feel like oats, beans, and like, so, okay. So for me, like the first tier of the things of like where you need to cut, at least for myself and my journey, where, and I think a lot of people think the same way is the gluten, the dairy, and you know, so much of the, and, and the oils. And then I feel like the next tier after that is like legumes, like lentils. People get pissed about lentils too. Oh yeah. Lentils, legumes, (laughs) and oats is sort of like the next thing. Like, sorry. Yep. Yeah. No, not happening. But I, and people are like, well, I'm here. I'm off of the gluten and the dairy, but I'm not ready to make the leap into the no beans and the no oats. And I, I, and I'm like, listen, you have to do it in your own time, but just give it like a week. Yep. Like to try to eat the way that we eat for a week and yeah. see how much more productive you are. Yeah. And the brain fog and just your bloating in your belly and just yeah. how you feel and also just your bowel movements and how how everything changes. It gets funky in the beginning though. Can we talk about that for a second too? Not to talk about poop, but it's totally true. And I think more people need to talk about this because yeah. when I first got on this program and I started it. And I have friends that did and they're like, did you notice in the beginning, like things were kind of like weird. Your body, to be honest, is totally trying to regulate, not ingesting all of these fillers and, you know, shelf stabilizers and all of these things. So it takes a minute for your body to regulate Mm -hmm. when you go onto this. Things are a little funky in the beginning. So expect that. Yeah. You could feel like you have the flu. Yeah. Well, I didn't feel that way. I just People that have a lot of inflammation, like they really need it. The worse you feel, that's more indication that like this is working How for you. And toxic you are. Yes. And you really need this because your body yeah. normally, like when you're eating junk all day, bad food, your body's holding on to everything because it's like living in this mode of starvation. But once you start giving your body actual real food, it's not saving itself for a rainy day anymore. It's like, okay, this is real food. I have nutrients now. I'm going to get rid of all of this stuff I've been holding on to. So you just start dumping water weight. You start dumping inflammation. It makes you tired. You need electrolytes, all these things. I lost like probably 15, 16 pounds of inflammation. Like I don't look that different, but I like, it's like it shrink wraps your body. Yeah. It's crazy. Like it's like, you didn't realize how much inflammation you were retaining. Yep. Fluid, everything. It's wild. It is. What happens to your body. It is. It's really, really crazy. I just, I wish people would take the time to really like give it, give it like a good one week to two weeks and and see how you feel really just, and being super careful on everything that you ingest. And I would say too, like, so in the beginning for me, I was eating a lot of dairy-free cheeses and things like that because cheese was my thing. 
like cheese. I was like, oh, I can't do this without cheese. I love cheese. I love goat cheese. I love feta. I love brie. I love all the kind of cheeses. And I really did like, I was buying the expensive cheeses. I was going to the cheesemonger who only sold the like really expensive vegan cheeses in like Essex market. And then I was doing like, you know, I was trying, you know, the cheeses from Whole Foods and different places like that. And I found personally, some of the cheaper cheeses are the ones that I actually like better. Yeah. Not the artisanal vegan cheeses, but I, you know, it less is more like when I first started doing it, I was ingesting so many of those products because I was like, I got to try them all and see what they're Oh yeah. And so I, yeah. And then you have, so I think to start it, I, I suggest sort of just kind of doing it without any of those things, if you can do it. And then kind of adding those things back in as you find the ones that you love. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do that for the desserts as well, like the cookies. I had one private client I'll never forget. And every time we had a call, she looked like Anna, is it Anna Nicole Smith? I'll never forget it. She was in her pajamas. She was an interior designer. And she was just like, I can't stop eating the cookies. And the whole time she ate like three boxes of cookies. And I was like, listen, just because if it's a cleaner cookie doesn't mean like we eat cookies all day. But if you find yourself wanting dessert at night and you're for a cookie, like, yeah, make sure it's clean. It was hilarious. What's your favorite cookie? Because I got totally hosed <sighs> by eating the Simple Mills ones for so long, not realizing the chocolate chips had cane sugar in it. Yeah. Those are my favorite. Like, I love those. Yeah. And then I was like, one day I was like, oh, oh my God, there's cane sugar. These are not clean chocolate chips. I agree. So I really like Hughes chocolate chips. I like those too. Those are really good too. Those are good. And they have the snickerdoodles, I think, or like the cinnamon. Those are good. Those are my favorite. The bags are too small though. I agree. I eat the whole bag and then I'm like, damn, Jen, you just finished the whole bag before you got home. Bag's like 11 bucks or something. And there's like six cookies in it. I'm like, first of all, that, they're too small. So, and I know Jess, who, well, she used to own it. She doesn't own it anymore, but who I should talk to them. But Siete makes one that doesn't have agave in it. That's a good cookie too. I don't remember which one it is. I mean, so I know they have the Mexican wedding. They have like a cacao one. I think that one has agave. There's another one yeah. that I was eating and I was like, oh, sh- there's agave because I don't eat agave either yeah. or stevia. Same. What do you, I, have, I have a question for you. What do you use as a powdered sugar substitute? Because I was doing a glaze on a cake the other day yep. and I have powdered date sugar, but it doesn't work as well. Yeah, that you, Have you found don't. a good sub for powdered sugar? Not really. I have one time experimented with taking, if you take coconut sugar and you put it in like your Vitamix, your blender and blend it on super high, it will come out like a, like a powder. That's like the date sugar that I bought. I bought that on Amazon, but it, or I bought a maple sugar too. What are you trying to use it in? I was trying to glaze. I tried to do the other day and I totally messed it up. Well, I didn't totally mess it up, but it just didn't turn out the way that I wanted to because I thought I was being cool by using my edgy bunt pan that had all these like spikes in it. Oh, yeah. And I was trying to do a copycat version of the Costco churro bunt cake, mm-hmm. which is like viral on TikTok and everybody's getting it. And it's only from one small bakery, I think from San Francisco. And I was like, you know, I'll take a churro any day of the week. That's, you know, snickerdoodle. That's like my favorite. Yeah. So I wanted to do the cake. And so I did the cake version of it. And it turned out good. It just, I wish I had some sort of a powdered sugar. And it was a lot of coconut sugar and it was a lot of eggs. I'm going to try it again with a normal bunt pan so I don't have the failure of trying to get it out. Because that's what's so funny too, is I only use avocado oil spray or I only use Miyoko's dairy-free butter and it didn't work. Yeah. Do you like Miyoko's? I do. I do. Yeah. You know what I would try, just putting this out there, I don't know if it works, but if you're using like maple sugar or coconut sugar, add in a little arrowroot or tapioca that might kind of bind it better. I also know there is a monk fruit 
powdered sugar. I have it. That doesn't sound good. I hate monk fruit. Sorry. I'm not a monk fruit gal. Me either. It's got like this bite to it. It bites you back. I'm always like, Ooh, that, that bit me back. Yeah. I'm a vanilla. Oh, do you know big tree farms? Do you buy their, um, their vanilla coconut sugar? I buy their coconut aminos. No, no, no. Go online and try to find it's the best. Now we're not gonna be able to get it. It's the vanilla coconut sugar. That's what I use in my coffee. It is a superior coconut sugar. Okay, I'm gonna try it. Superior. Sounds amazing. I think also one other thing that people don't talk about, spices and things like that. I think like the quality of your spices when you're cooking clean is really, really important. And I want to give a shout out because burlap, like my salt, babe, but also burlap and barrel makes really, really high quality spices. Like their cinnamon is what I use in my coffee. I just don't buy any generic cinnamon. So it's one of those little tweaks. I think when you get really into this and you get educated and you're really like kind of going next level subs next level. is making sure that next level subs, like making sure your cumin is like, like sometimes I grind my own cumin, but it just, the flavor prof- profiles when you're working with like a plain piece of fish or shrimp or, or chicken or things like that, I think is so much better when you're making sure that you're not using like 10 year old dried spices from like your mom's cabinet. You know what I mean? Like you're making sure that your dried spices are up to date and those things. And also having fresh herbs in your house is really important too. Absolutely. Cause they have medicinal benefits as well. This is like, they have healing properties. Good point. European foods, when you go eat and people are prepping their foods, like they're putting chives and they're putting parsley, like on everything, dill, they're using all of these foods here in America. Like you go look at a menu. It's just all tan. It's all gray. It's all it's everything brown. Yes. It's all white. And my kids mess with me. I say not to eat brown food. Yeah. My kids are like, no mom, it's, you know, that's dark brown and that's light brown and that's off white. I'm like, no, but I've worked with like 50 year old women who just have never put an herb on their food. And again, it's not your fault, but it's important to start implementing these things. Your food tastes better. Yeah. Food is also, I read this somewhere, but like food is short lived. So let's say you are eating something anti-inflammatory properties such as turmeric and you consume it. And like, that's really good for your body, but it's not going to give you enough anti-inflammatory benefits for like 24 hours. Like you need to consistently be ingesting these things, putting it on your food, putting it in your gut, helping to heal your gut so that you can do all that. So that brings me to, I do want to touch base on your amazing salt that I even, I came to San Diego for the summer to escape the Southern heat. And I was like, for sure, shipped it. I shipped it from my house. I could have bought some, it just shipped it there. But I was like, no, I'm going to ship mine from my house. But yes, I brought the universal salt, which Reasons I love it. It has dill weed, dried cilantro, red chili pepper flakes, lemon zest. And you can literally put this on, I mean, your meat, your fish, your salad, your avocado, your vegetables, like eggs, everything. So tell me kind of the birth story of your salt and what led you here with the salt. So that salt actually was the first salt that I ever made. And that one came from my need. It's sort of like my jewelry. Like the jewelry started because I couldn't find anything that I wanted to wear at the time. And when I had my son Shane and I made the custom dog tag, same kind of thing. So I had, you know, having Hashimoto's, I was eating protein every morning and I was having eggs and I couldn't find anything to put on my eggs that didn't have garlic or onion in it. I'd go to the grocery store and everything was either a spice rub for a barbecue or was some sort of, you know, herb de Provence sort of thing that I didn't want on my eggs in the morning. So I literally just made this little jar, this little bowl of salt on the side of my stove of all of my favorite things. 
One of which was the lemon rinds that my father used to ship me from California. He'd ship me his lemons and avocados from his trees. It was sort of like a family cute thing. Like I'd get these care packages from him. It was really cute. And I would always grate the lemon rind so I didn't uh, waste it. And that is kind of like one of the secret ingredients along with the dill, I feel, in the universal salt. So I started putting it on everything. And Kevin, my husband, kept saying to me, you know, Jen, what are you putting on the food? It tastes really, really good. And I kept saying, it's just this, yeah. it's this salt blend that I'm keeping on the side of the stove of all those things that I like. Turns out you like it too. And I, one of those days, you know, I was an early adapter to Instagram and I put my annoying avocado toast up on Instagram when everybody was doing that back in the day. And I put it on my jewelry account way before I even like had my food on my website or anything. And people literally freaked out and were like, wait, first of all, you can cook. Second of all, how do you poach it, an egg? And third, what is that that's on your eggs? What is that spice blend? Because it doesn't just yeah. look like salt and pepper. And so I started saying, you know, I, I, you know, it's something that I make. I keep it on the side of my stove and well, where can I buy it? You know, because it was before DMs, it was comments like, where can I buy it? So I literally, we did it as we're like, you know what, this would be a really good idea to do as an editor gifting one year. And so I would talk to my publicist, Nina, and we decided to do a holiday gifting of the salts with a chili oil, an avocado, a lemon, and a clean bag of tortilla chips. And we sent it to all of the editors that worked at the time in magazines when most people worked in offices at magazines, not any longer. And, you know, they'd normally get like chocolate bars and garbage and stuff like that for the holidays. And I literally got more thank you notes from editor in chiefs of magazines saying like, Oh my God, thank you. This is such a thoughtful gift. But also, can we write about these salts? And where can we buy them? And I was like, Oh, we got to figure this out. So yeah. <laughs> that's when we figured, you know, I was like, let's try to sell these. Why not? I mean, it, everyone seems to want them. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I was very purposeful in the packaging. I wanted it to be really beautiful, you know, beauty packaging, not that bag. That bag is changing, by the way. I hate that bag. So it's like designer salt. It is. I think it's beautiful. You're not embarrassed. You know, you want to keep her on the counter because she's so pretty. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. So the the bags are turning into shakers soon. That will be much prettier on, and easier on the eyes than those hideous bags that we have going right now. But it, it started off with universal salt. Then it evolved into spicy salt and then curry salt. The curry salt is delicious on uh, avocados and tomatoes, especially in the summertime. And also eggs and fish. Everything. So it's sort of this, it's trio. Yeah, we've got more products coming out soon. We've got a new one coming out very soon. I love it. And the salt lasts. Which is exciting. The salt lasts forever. Literally, forever. I mean, you can put it on a foot and it'll taste good. Like it literally like. You're right. <laughs> put it on a foot. I love it. Throw some on your coffee, like salt up your coffee in the morning. So I have to say, I told you this in the beginning, especially for all my friends that are listening, when they come over, they know they're coming over, they get spicy margaritas. And so I make my margaritas with, of course, the tequila. But then I go to the farmer's market and there's this sweet old man and he has, he makes his, he does his honey thing, but he has jalapeno infused honey. And so I get that Ooh. and I use that to sweeten it. Yeah. And some fresh lime juice. And then I rim every glass with the Jennifer Fisher spicy salt. And by the end of it, everybody's like licked all the salt. They're like, Oh my God, where did you get that salt? I'm like, you have to give it the I program. Jennifer Fisher. Love that. JenniferFisher.com. I love it. And you have the Jennifer Fisher jewelry and Jennifer Fisher kitchen. So yeah, she's the queen of hoops and her salt is amazing. And she lives the wake up life. I do. You're doing all the great things, Jennifer. And I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you wanted to share? 
No, I just think I think you're awesome. I, I love the, what you're doing, I, helping all these people. You know, I feel like we're sort of parallel in what we're trying to do and helping people, you know, kind of just live a better life. And it's, it's simple. It doesn't need to be so difficult. Yeah. People just have to help themselves. Yeah. And I think for a lot of these people, they just need someone that they either can emulate or just trust and be a guiding source. I tell people all the time that like, there's a lot of people out there doing this. And there's also a lot of people that may have the same message, but maybe they allow oats, maybe they allow, you know, some dairy, things like that. And so you listening, you just have to choose like, who do you resonate with? Who is going to make you feel good? So try it. That's all. It's the worst thing you can do is feel terrible, which actually isn't going to happen. Just try it and see how you feel. That's it. Totally. And it's, and it's the other thing too, is that people have to realize is there's no quick fix in any of this. So you have to just, you have to do the work. Yeah. A hundred percent. And once you do, you realize it's worth it. Yeah, for sure. Well, you've been nothing short of amazing. You're awesome. When I'm 50 years old, I want to definitely look like you. So (laughs) it's anti-aging also. I mean, I listen, I do a ton of stuff, but it's also, it does, it has helped my skin. I have to tell you, it it really does help your skin. Yeah, it does. So, well, thanks. For everybody listening, go follow Jennifer Fisher on social media. She's posting recipes all the time behind the scenes of cooking in the kitchen. Some of the products she loves, you can find that at Jennifer Fisher Kitchen. And also for all your jewelry needs, she has the coolest hoops and all the stars wear them. Jennifer Fisher Jewelry. So thanks, Jen. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Hold up. 